0: Well, I've known Brad Wheeler, bad Brad Wheeler, uh, probably since he was a little kid. Certainly a kid in high school uh, up in Ogden. Uh, And, uh, you know, I never thought that Brad would amount to much of anything, frankly. (laughs) Just kidding, Brad. Uh, But uh, here he is now, uh, one of the most uh, respected members of our community, or as Slug Magazine put it in their recent cover article on Brad, Bad Brad Wheeler is one of the most respected and beloved members of our community. Uh, He is an icon. He's the host and producer of A Little Bit Louder Now, weekday afternoons on KRCL, and uh, we've interviewed Brad before on the Let's Go Eat show. It was back in September of 2013, and that show is available In the Let's Go Eat Show archives, if you'd like to look that up and listen to it. Uh, We talked about our shared history from the past and how Brad has gone on to be who he is today as an adult and an icon and a respected member of the community uh, at KRCL. So it was a kind of a far ranging and and, uh, good interview. But Brad recently had a life changing experience. Uh, And it involved another um, person who's been on our podcast in the past, uh, jazz musician Joe McQueen, 97-year-old jazz legend Joe McQueen. Uh, Brad and Joe were uh, attempting to park a car together, and well, it didn't turn out well, and it has changed Brad's life. Uh, Quite significantly And in this episode of the Let's Go Eat show uh, That's what we talk about That specific life-changing experience A lot of you may know that Brad was involved in this bad accident But here he tells it in all of the details uh, In his own voice And uh, the details are really amazing Some of them So Welcome back to the Let's Go Eat show. Always a pleasure to sit down with Brad. Uh, we uh, got together at a place called Sweeto Burrito up in uh, the Riverdale, up in Riverdale uh, on Riverdale Road. Uh, a great burrito place. There are other locations of Sweeto Burrito. You'll be hearing about that later on as well. But for now, let's just uh, listen to Brad Wheeler. Uh, you know, everybody calls him Bad Brad. Well, I think we've come up with a couple of different names for brad wheeler in this episode of the let's go eat show uh thanks to sweeto burrito for uh hosting us up there uh, jp uh, the owner of uh, sweeto burrito really a nice guy we'll hear from him and uh also thanks to dylan for producing the show and uh remember if you like the let's go eat show please uh, rate us on itunes and uh, leave comments and uh, go to the let's go leave comments there uh x96.com is another place you can find it as well so here it is brad wheeler Uh, bad Brad Wheeler, uh, you know it's. Brad was on the show a couple of years ago on the Let's Go Eat show, and we talked about we talked a lot about music, and mm-hmm. uh, I think we talked mostly about music. And frankly, I, d- I don't really remember. It it'll would be, it'll be interesting if somebody wants to do it and go back and compare the two interviews how much we cover the same ground. Talked but talked
1: a lot about Willie Nelson last time. We yeah. did talk a
2: little bit about Willie. You
1: yeah. played you played your mouth organ at, for us? At Willie's
0: birthday. Was right? it?
2: Was so that, I guess that was maybe three years ago? Yeah, and it yeah. had, because you had done it fairly recently. I just come back from that. Yeah.
0: Playing, playing uh, harmonica. And
2: Willie's is getting ready to come to town in, what's today, the 13th? 14th. Oh, 14th? oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He'll be here in 14 days.
0: Now, do you still know... Guy, the guys in his band and just talked to Mickey last night on the Mickey, phone. Mickey, what's his name? Raphael. Mickey Raphael, who lives here, right? Or well, has lived here. He, he
2: has lived here. He was he was dating a woman that lived here who passed away. Mm. Well, we yeah we still stay in touch.
0: Yeah. So will you you'll be at the concert? And yep. Will you get a chance to go on stage with Willie yeah. Nelson?
2: I went the last time they were at USANA. That was pretty terrifying, actually. It was more terrifying, I think, than the first time
0: being being on stage in your hometown or well, s- essentially your hometown
2: the first time i wasn't anticipating being on stage with Willie Nelson playing harmonica it, d- it happened so the second time, I thought it might happen mm-hmm. and I think like for two weeks, all I had were nightmares <laughs> that i. W- Walked out on stage and tripped and fell on Willie and broke his hip or yeah. smashed trigger, or <laughs> the microphone exploded in my hands. Is like all these horrible, and then
0: everybody was like, "Hey, remember that time Willie Nelson came to town and you fell on him?" And <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so so uh, and he, does now does Willie Nelson know you now? Does he go, "Hey, hi, hey, Brad"? Or the last time
2: I saw him, he looked at me and. Just said, put, start playing, Brad. I mean, we he we said, haven't start really playing talked. Brad. We haven't really talked, but yeah, he looked right at me because I was like, "Who's going to go first? Is it going to be Mickey? Is it going to be me? Is mm. it going to be this other guy?" And he looked at me and he's like, "Come on, Brad. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> come on." Kind of scared me, you know. Yeah, kind of surreal. And and uh, but this time you're going to be a little more calm about the whole. I thing. I don't know. I might. I don't know if I might
2: even be more emotional, just because of uh, everything that's gone on and. How you know how your life has changed? How my life has changed, and Mickey is you know been there to support me and help me. And yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, You know, again, I think we talked about this before. And I, uh, Bad Brad Wheeler, of course, uh, a radio host on KRCL. For how long now?
2: I think I'm coming close to being a paid DJ for 10 years now, and I've been involved with the station for maybe 18 or 19 years. A little
0: bit louder now. Yep. Uh, Every afternoon from when to when? 2 to 6 now. 2 to 6. And I I have one complaint about your show, by the way. What's that? When you say, okay, we're going to get a little bit louder now. But but a lot of times it doesn't really get that much louder. It just Uh, it (laughs) doesn't? It used to. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going through changes. (laughs) (laughs) I might be. Okay, we're going to get a little (laughs) bit louder now. And then I I think, well, that doesn't sound that much louder. (laughs) No. It doesn't help either that my mom listens to the show on the way home. And gives reports as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a great it's a great show uh, because you will hear uh, on that show of a great variety, eclectic variety of music. You'll hear uh, country and bluegrass. Yep. Uh, you'll hear blues. You'll hear rock and roll. You'll hear stuff from the '60s, the '70s, the '80s. Uh, you'll hear Frank Zappa. You'll hear. Yeah. Weird international hits, yeah. Oh, yeah, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. those Mexican bands. I love those. Yeah. You know what's really uh, weird to me? Do you ever play any of the uh, – I think there's one that's real. I had no idea that uh, uh, Morrissey was so beloved of, of the me- – Mexicans oh, yeah. love Morrissey, and they're like Morrissey – Mexican Morrissey cover bands. Tribute band. bands. Yeah. Uh, you ever play any of those, guys? No. I heard but we, one. Did, there's we one. There's just did really a whole
2: good. xenophobia versus rock and roll series – a couple days ago where we just played as many different international versions of American songs that we could find. Just to show people that rock and roll is a universal thing. And yeah. that it brings us all together no matter what your That's cool race idea. or identity. We found a Czechoslovakian cover of Doug's Song singing Mendocino.
0: Mandacino. And And Czechoslovakian. (laughs) Wasn't Doug's song, didn't he also, was he? She's About a Mover. Sir Douglas Quintet? Yeah. He was the Sir Douglas Quintet. Yes. She's About a Mover, Mm -hmm. which is one of the great rock songs of all time, I think.
2: I have made bar bets that I can tell Texans the greatest Texas song of all time. And when you tell them that, Texans are pretty, you Mm -hmm. know. They're you really can name the greatest Texas song of all time. Mm-hmm. And you say she's about a mover. It's going to be
0: hard for any Texan to argue with you. That's an interesting, <laughs> that's an interesting song, too, because it's a, a rock song. Yep. But it's kind of got a Tex-Mex, Tex-Mex. feel yep. to it. Yep. And Doug Salm is still alive, isn't he? No, he's passed no? Away. I don't think he made
2: it out of the 80s. Oh, I thought he was still around. No. I, the mo- there's a movie that just came out about him a little while
0: ago. He's still a... Hugely revered saint in uh, in Austin, Texas. Yeah, and I, uh, and his influence so a lot of musicians around the yeah. country. Uh, Bad Brad Wheeler. Uh, one other thing about your show. You, you you're a rarity, I think. You get to pick from four pretty to much six everything you play.
2: Yeah, yeah. Get, I'm a free form DJ from four to six, and
0: there are n- n- so few of those left in uh, in the country. It, I mean, that's what. You know that's what people think radio DJs do. They go in and they play the records they want to play. It's not what they do at all. It's
2: it can be a tough thing though. I mean, I gotta own those choices. I gotta answer for them. You yeah. know. You know what it's like walking the streets of Salt Lake City. It's <laughs> it's hard to be anonymous. You know. Yeah. Salt Lake with, City. Yeah, and people be, you know, why are you playing that or why don't you play this or what's up with that? So.
0: Yeah. Brad, I won't hear any of that Spanish music anymore. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Put, Mom. Playing that shit. <laughs> Except your mom wouldn't say stop playing that shit. which she? She might. If it, if it was banging
2: and uh, haranguing her enough, she likes melodies more than she likes rhythm. But yeah,
0: you know. Uh, so uh, Brad's uh, bad. Brad's life has changed a lot, and we'll talk about the whole story. Uh, if you uh, pick up a copy of. Uh, the July Slug magazine. He's on the cover. I guess that's you. That's pretty. That's kind of a cool representation of you.
2: It's. It's. I like. I told you earlier. I don't think my eyes have been that white since 1991. <laughs> but it. It is nice. I don't know of anybody else that's had their cover on the, their right. face on the cover of Slug like that. It, it was a very nice of I have to say it was nice of them to call. At first I wasn't sure. I wanted to talk about it. You know, but Mm -hmm. I found it to be very therapeutic to do the interview.
0: Says here, oh, you know, we're at uh, Sweeto Burrito, by the way, uh, recording our interview with Bad Brad, and uh, we're here um, uh, in in uh, Riverdale, eleven forty Riverdale Road, and uh, Sweeto Burrito. Now, I had a sample of their burritos the other day, yeah, and uh, JP, the owner, just brought over a couple. We're gonna cut these up a little bit. Did he say he was gonna bring they're over a knife? Neck. I think. They're already cut. Oh, they're already cut. Oh wow! All right. So uh, now, what's this one? It's on the label. This
2: one says uh, oh, there's a label? "Breakneck."
0: Breakneck. It's a
2: smokehouse.
0: Uh, okay, I don't so know what that means. Now you haven't tried these, have you, Brad? No. Go 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 ahead. Just. All right. I don't know what's on the breakneck, but okay. oh, that looks like the breakfast one. It
2: kind of does, egg. doesn't? It? it looks like some egg. Yeah, I think Let there's see. egg on
0: it. So try that. See what you. I don't, I think uh, JP puts a, uh, a sauce on these. That uh, what is that
3: sauce, JP? Yeah. So, well, air well. Wet, uh, yeah. So that you're eating the breakfast bread of the breakneck, which we serve all day, every day. Um, that has our cilantro ranch, house made cilantro ranch, mm. and a creamy salsa on it. In addition to bacon, tater tots, eggs.
0: Tater tots. There are tater tots on it. Oh my it. God. Yeah, isn't that great? That's delicious. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to take a bite because this is the Let's Go Eat show, and then we'll continue uh, talking about. Uh, Bad Brad Wheeler and his life-changing experience. But on the cover of Slug Magazine, and and the first... Uh, let me just read the first. It says says, uh, Bad Brad Wheeler is one of the most respected and beloved members of our community. One of the most respected and beloved members of our community. What are you trying to make me cry? <laughs> Who the hell wrote that? <laughs> huh. Russ? What's it? How? I want... So... When you read that, what did you think?
1: What are you dating, Russ? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if I, uh, I don't know if
2: I absorbed that when I read it. I maybe need to go back through and read that whole article. How do I feel about that? I don't know. It's weird. So you know, you and
1: Donny Osmond.
2: I don't. I don't really think of myself like that. It. it it's weird. Joe. Uh, were you looking for a napkin? Yeah.
0: Thanks.
2: <laughs> you know the. the amount of support that I've gotten has been overwhelming and Joe and I would talk about it and Joe would say well Brad you've done all this stuff for all these people all these years everybody knows you're a good person like things are being returned to you for all the good stuff you've been doing and I Joe and I have a very frank relationship you know well and I, and I told Joe I said you know Joe I don't really I said, most of those good works I've been doing is mostly because I feel guilty. And we know we've been kind of half-assing it anyhow just to to do it to do it because I know I should be doing it. But Joe said, well, maybe that's why this all happened. He said, maybe God's getting you ready to start being more sincere in the works that you do and to be more committed or to have a, a renewed purpose.
0: So Joe. Joe McQueen.
2: Let's yeah. go back. Yeah. Let's uh, talk Dude, let's about... The story. There's a lot of to set up here, isn't it? And there? we need
0: to tell the story.
2: Joe McQueen has been
1: a guest on this podcast. We did a full episode, long episode with him at 2-Bit here in
2: Ogden. I would think he would love to do a repeat episode. I know he had a lot of fun with you guys. Did he?
0: Yeah. Anytime. Um, so, so Joe McQueen, legendary jazz musician, uh, and you and he have been friends and uh, partners, kind of, for many years. We're yeah. very close. I, he calls me his wife. Grandson and I call my black grandpa. We're very, we're very close. He's how old now? 97 now. Joe's 97. Drives his car. Drives his car. And there begins the story of what the big change in bad Brad Wheeler's life. Tell people what happened.
2: Joe and I, on April 2nd, it was Sunday night. I think it was like, I can't remember exactly what time it was. I think it was 5 or 6 o'clock. He was coming to my house to pick me up, and we were going to go down to um, KCPW at the library because mm-hmm. Joe's buddy, Steve Williams, another great DJ. Legendary that we, jazz. That we all love and yeah. respect. Been on this show? Uh, he had his new gig now at KCPW. Went from KUER to KCPW. And one thing that resulted in that is that there was no more jazz on K U E R by the way Lion Sack Steve Williams said he was gonna retire. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> anyway. He's I don't think he can ever get out. It's like the he's jazz mafia. He'll never yeah, he'll never get know. out alive. Yeah. But uh and then you know, Joe Joe wanted his jazz music back on the radio, you know, so he was hoping to mm-hmm. come down and raise some money with Steve during his fun drive and tell people how important jazz music is on the radio and can we please get it up here in Weaver County and It was funny too. I just remember driving over to the radio station, and uh, we were trying to turn in KCBW, and somehow we got some—I don't know if it was the Mormon Tabernacle Choir or what—but Joe said, "If this is the jazz they're playing on this radio station, I'm turning around and going home now." What the hell is this? He was so—I just remember we were joking about that right before everything happened. So, so,
0: so 97 years old, and he comes to your house in his car and picks you up. You've, you ride with him. Yeah. So what's it like to ride in a car? with? I mean, is he a good driver? He's a great driver. He's, you he's one of the
2: most amazing drivers. No, okay. He's a fast driver. I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't think, you know, most people think 97, mm-hmm. they're in the slow lane. Mm-hmm. Joe, if I'm driving to Ogden the mm-hmm. same time Joe's driving to Ogden, Joe will get here 15 minutes before <laughs> me. You know, Joe, there's no, I can't, there, Yeah. Okay. just like in life, it's hard to keep up with Joe. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah, really yeah. is hard to keep up with Joe. So we got over to the library, and, you know, even though it is hard to keep up with Joe, he doesn't like to walk a lot at being 97, so we found a handicap stall, and we we parallel parked in it, and the way Joe parked, he was kind of hanging out in the bike lane. And he's like, what do you think? And I was like, well, there's a lot of bicyclists in Salt Lake City. We better straighten your car out, you know? I said, let me get out, come behind, and... Help you set the car into the parking spot. Kind of guide him in. Guide him in. So mm-hmm. I get out, and I'm, I think even then at that point, I knew I was kind of like, what do you, you're standing behind a car, someone's parking it. Growing up on a farm in Iowa, you, they always tell you be careful as you're hooking up wagons and stuff like that. But for some reason, I just was in my mind, I'm like, I don't, I, I don't have anything to worry about. I'm confident Joe's driving. You know yeah. what I mean? There's nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. So, Joe got the car parked. I was like, you got about a foot. And he's like, all right. And then, I don't know. Like, I swear, in my mind, I thought he put it in park. But something happened where the car, like, shifted for a second. And then, all of a sudden, the car just, like, lurged back. It wasn't, like, a slow rollback. Like, he was, like, parking. Like, it just lurged back and i and i went to get out of the way and i didn't make it all the way out of the way my leg got caught your uh, my right, right leg wing. and i looked down between joe's car and, a and the car, car that car. was behind him and i looked down and i could see the two bumpers touching and i could see my knee but i couldn't see my leg and i thought oh my god i hope my leg is there he pulled forward I looked. I mean, he he hears you yell or scream. I'm like, Joe, my leg, my leg, my leg. And I I watched his head whip, like whiplash, Mm -hmm. you know. He pulled forward. I look. I look down to see the bumpers. Then he pulls forward. I see that my leg is still attached. I'm thinking, whoa, maybe this isn't as bad as I thought it would. Maybe there was something, you know, you're Mm -hmm. thinking the Mm -hmm. technology on bumpers. Maybe there was foam or something. I don't know. So then I go to walk, and I put pressure on my leg, and I can't put any pressure on my leg. And I look, and I see that my pant leg is ripped open, and there is full of blood. And I instantly assumed I had a compound fracture. I just, yeah. and I, I couldn't look or stand on it. And then I look, and I saw Joe got out of the car, and Joe went right into shock. You really? know, he was like, oh, my God. What did I do? Oh, my God. Joe McQueen, what did you do to Brad Wheeler? Oh, my God. What did you do, Joe McQueen, to Brad Wheeler? And he started to walk like a like he was in shock. He was totally in shock. Mm-hmm. And I said, Joe, you got to come back here. I, I need your help. Like, you need to come back. We need to call 911. Like, I'm messed up bad, you know? There's nobody
0: around on the street or the sidewalk, Not at walk, this really.
2: point. And I'm, like, flailing and writhing. Never used those words before <laughs> to describe myself, but that's exactly what I was doing, flailing and You're, riding. You're laying down at this point on the... I'm on the ground. I'm, just, I'm in so much pain I can't hold still. Yeah. I'm trying to move my upper body. Yeah. I'm screaming. Um, Joe bends down on his knee, and he grabs his phone, and he calls 911. And, uh, and then people are starting to come over and look at me, you know. And I yelled at one guy. I was like, can I... Have a sweatshirt or something from my head, like I'm. I need something for my head, like yeah. I, I'm rolling around in the gravel. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Someone brought that over, and then um, I'm starting to get cold. I'm starting to get faint. Sh- shocky, like you're getting shocky. Well, I'm actually. I'm starting to think I'm going to die. I'm actually starting to think I'm going to die, mm. and I looked at Joe, and I said, "Joe, am I going to die?" <laughs> <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, he said, oh, God, boy. He said, I'm not going to let you die. And uh, he held my hand. He started praying. And then uh, this other guy, he yelled at this other guy to take my belt off and to put it around my leg and to put a tourniquet on. Mm-hmm. And then another guy said, no, we can't put a tourniquet on. We have to put direct pressure on his leg. So he came over with some dirty blanket and started pushing on my leg. And then uh, Joe was praying. And then this other guy comes and grabs my left hand. And he says, would you like to pray to our Lord Jesus Christ together? (laughs) And I said, no offense, but I'm going with this black guy on my right hand. (laughs) I said, I'm pretty sure he has more. Yeah, I swear to God. I go, I'm pretty sure he has more Um, credit than the both of us put together. I mean, he's 97. (laughs) 97. He knows God's number like he knows God's number. And uh
1: if anybody knows how to survive. Yeah, it's Joe. 97 year old. So story.
2: then um shortly thereafter the ambulance showed up. And uh and they grabbed me and they took me to the hospital. And um were you feeling at some point a little calmer I was,
0: at this point? I think
2: when the ambulance got me I calmed down because I didn't think I was going to bleed out because there was so much blood. Really? I mean the leg, my leg well, I didn't know until I got to the hospital room it had been what they called degloved. Degloved. Degloved, which pretty much meant that all of the skin behind my knee down to maybe my ankle had just come off. Like I just had been skinned. It was like body works. It looked yeah. like body works. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: those uh, that exhibition. Yeah. And I
2: think um, I, w- I lucked out that I didn't have that much muscle damage uh, because I've been riding my bike so much, you know, they'd actually ask me. They're like, "Does your leg hurt?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, my leg hurts, but my other leg hurts too because I just had ridden 50 miles the day before." You know, so
0: no, no uh, broken bone.
2: One broken bone, a uh, fibula, which they said is uh, That's the little, the little bone. They think bone. it only like holds like five or ten pounds. They said some people actually get them taken out. Which I was surprised. I had no idea about that. What, what is it? A fad? just that it's like a vestage or something? Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want your calf to look a little <laughs> yeah. skinnier? Yeah.
0: you're a leg model. Yeah, yeah, yeah better I guess. In tights have your <laughs>
2: oh. um,
0: We're sampling burritos here while yeah. we're telling this great story of being degloved.
2: Well, then I went into the ER, and there must have been like forty or fifty people in there. mm
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, like doctors and nurses, doctors and nurses, had, and
2: yeah. no and fans.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, were there a lot of people who were hit <laughs> by cars that day? Also, at the r that's
2: <laughs> There were a lot of there were a lot of hospital staff in there, okay. and um, they asked me my name, and I said my name is Brad Wheeler. And they asked me like mm-hmm. my name like six or seven more times if I was on drugs and all this stuff, and finally yeah. I just said yes. I'm bad Brad Wheeler. I am bad Brad Wheeler. And then I heard someone say, I knew that was bad Brad Wheeler. (laughs) (laughs) And then somebody's like, who the hell is bad Brad Wheeler? (laughs) They said, he's our DJ. We have to
0: take care of him. Like, this is crazy, you know? I know that feeling that just happened to me on a plane coming back from phoenix a couple of weeks ago this woman stopped me as i was trying to get off the plane and said you're bill allred and i went yeah she's, can i take a picture with you and now oh i just love your show and the people behind her who are trying to get off the plane <laughs> while we're holding them up and say who's that who is that who the hell is who's bill allred? bill allred yeah she's going we just <laughs> and i'm going i'm nobody we <laughs> you know, yeah you know. yeah
2: but um then that got interesting i guess uh just before joe had picked me up i had Made a box of Kraft macaroni, and it ate in the whole box of macaroni. So as I'm sitting on the ER table, they they said, have you had anything to eat? I was like, yes. Just here it (laughs) comes. Less than 10 minutes ago. And they're like, well, what did you have? I was like, a whole box of macaroni. And they're like, well, you're going to have to wait six hours before we can do anything to you. Because they didn't want it to come back up. So I sat there for a while, hanging out with nurses. Talking with nurses. They pain you up pretty good. I think so. I don't really remember being put an IV? High. I don't really remember being high. I remember being in pain and wondering how to what position to put my leg in because it was just so uncomfortable and how was I gonna get my leg comfortable?
0: They they put an IV in you, right? Yeah. Yeah, that you were getting pain. Yeah. Imagine that. So then uh, you
1: never passed out at any point in this. You never
0: I don't think I
2: did I thought I was like what I told you when I was there with holding with Joe I thought I was going to go out it Where where was me. Joe at yeah. this time? Joe was at the crime scene I guess the crime scene whatever you call it you know The he, cops came and investigated Cops and, came and then the cop came to the ER And then I told the cop I go I already know what you're going to say I already know what you're thinking He's 97 Yes he's 97 do I need to take away his driver's license? I'm like, no, you don't need to take away his driver's license. It was an accident. This Irons- was an accident. This isn't, <clears throat> This isn't. you don't need to convict this guy yeah. of being old. This was an accident, you know? And uh, I think he got it. He knew. And then he went back and talked to Joe. And then I, th- I talked to Joe a couple hours later on the phone in the ER, just waiting on the bed. He didn't, he didn't come up to the hospital or not at that time yeah. no
0: so yeah Came and the then, next day yeah so you so I' gonna talk about the re- rehabilitation process a little bit but I mean it well I feel like there's two parts to it okay so then that happened
2: and then I went home I was in the hospital for a week mm-hmm. got my wound back and then my leg started to uh, become necrotic decompose i don't know if techni- gangrene is the right word or not Probably. but it got black why did that happen i think the trauma from the accident i don't know if it's if the wound vac had anything to do with it but when i went home with my wound vac that's when i started to get all the weeping sores and the black sores on the other side of my leg yeah the uh-
1: i think it's, i blame that guy who put the blanket on it you <laughs> should have done what Joe said, yeah. and put me, like felt around. I never thought it's about, about it like fault.
2: that, but maybe it is that guy's mm. fault. Yeah, sure, why not? He's if you're not listening, here. sir, <laughs> it's just a joke. <laughs> you were trying to help, it yeah, was just, it's just we, a we joke. We understand. So then, um, I kind of, I guess, I don't know if it was a, well, it was about a month. Because uh, the accident happened on April 2nd, and so April 28th. Actually, maybe April 25th, I go to the, the surgery doctors, and they say, you, sir, have to go to the burn department because what is going on with your leg requires a skin graft, and they're better at that than we are. Mm-hmm. So then on the 28th, I went to the burn unit. I met Dr. Cochran. She informed me that my leg had some necrotic tissue on it. It was bad. I needed a skin graft. I mean, my leg was looking really not good at this time. Like really, I, really, yeah. really bad. I think
0: that's when you sent me a picture of it. It was pretty traumatic looking. Well,
2: and it actually looked better from the accident. Like the accident looked all clean and pretty, and like a fresh steak or something. You know, I was like, <laughs> the other one looked like a steak that had been left in the sun for
0: twenty nine days. If you don't, if you don't mind, we'll post that picture that you sent me of your yeah. leg on, on the. Let's Go Eat Show website.
2: I can even give you a link to the all the pictures because it, it's okay. been helping me to look at it to deal with the therapy and the mental issues I have with it. So then I went to the burn unit. And then I had to spend another, like, 14 days in the burn unit, which was I was afraid to go in there. Um, I was scared, scared of seeing all these burn victims and their wounds and everything. You think about the burn unit is real, but there is so much more to it than that. The, the compassion, the the expertise. I feel actually lucky. I actually think that I was supposed to go there. I think that, I think I was supposed to go
0: there. Well, it, it it was a it was somehow it ended up being a spiritual experience for you. I can see. Well.
2: Yeah, and I get, I get emotional, and it's I think it's part of, like, this PTSD that I have. But um, Joe would come and sit with me in the hospital, and he would say, Brad, I, I know this is hard for you to wrap your mind around, but God has not struck you down. You are not being punished. This is God has something in plan for you. He has something in store for you. This is God's work. You have to believe this is God's work, you know? And then I have to you know, it's kind of hard. Like, I'm not – I have a lot of religion in my life. My mom's a church organist. I went to Catholic high school. You know, my grandma took me to church a lot. Well, they call you the reverend. I'm an internet preacher. The reverend say- bre- <laughs> bad Brad wheeler on occasion. Usually just marry people and bury people, not to take forgiveness or anything like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, there's something about it um, – Joe's never lied to me. Joe's never bullshit me. Joe's never tried to manipulate me or get me to do something, you know. And I, for some reason, I believe him. I believe that, for some reason, some higher power has something in store for me. And that I think part of that was going to that burn unit. Have you figured out what that is yet? I don't know if I'm supposed to help those people in there. Or if 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 I was supposed to learn a lesson in there. I don't know if it was to get me to renew your faith my faith or my commitment to doing good deeds Uh and being a good person I mean it feels good to do good stuff you know and you you know you're supposed to do good stuff you know what I mean yeah but um I don't know I don't know but I do know that I feel very comfortable there now which is really weird someone asked me the other day like "Well, probably feels so good to be out of the hospital and I said well you know actually there are days that I really miss Being in the burn unit. When you're in there You go back up there though. I go up there for group therapy every Wednesday and every once in a while they'll introduce me to a patient that might need a friend or is lonely and we'll hang out and talk. Mm -hmm. I don't they have a a counseling program there, but I'm still technically healing. Like I'm not I'm not in any position to be a counselor. I can just like commiserate I guess. Healing mentally? I'm still healing mentally. It's weird. Physically, you're doing pretty well, right? Physically, riding my bike, yeah. so taking care of my wound by myself, mm-hmm. <clears throat> being able to uh, put lotion on it and Except shower. You said, what you said, you found a found a staple in there yes, the other day. It's a couple of days ago. Or... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was not cool.
1: But. Uh, a, like a surgical staple or like, like from, the off, from your desk? Well,
2: you no, it was a surgical staple, oh, so yeah, which is a good better. point because one from your desk probably would have been, no, it's worse. The <laughs> one worse. from your desk would have just come out with those two prongs, but a surgical staple goes in and pinches together like a, a ring. So it's like trying to clamp in there and stay in there.
0: No. And you don't want the skin growing up around that. No, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. You know, and that's another thing that happened too. like neighbors, like so many people have come to my aid and t- to help me out and to take care of me. But the stuff that my neighbors did for me during this whole thing, I, I don't know how they did it. There were so many days I would just sit there and-, and I love them and I know they love me, but I I don't know that I could do everything for them that they did for me. Like when I first got out of the hospital, the first day, they're like, where are you going to go? You know, my mom and dad were like, Well, you're coming to Ogden, you know, and I thought, Oh my god, this is not gonna be good. They're they're getting older. I don't I, I don't know, think well, they could take care of me. I don't you know. think it'd be very hard for them to take care of me. And the fact that my neighbors said, Please come home, we want to take care of you I don't know if you know, Dylan, like they had to come and change my dressing like every day for at least ninety days. I mean my neighbor had to lift me up and help me into the shower. They had to like Help me to the bathroom. They clean my clothes. They empty my litter box. They
0: made me. No, Brad food. doesn't use a litter box. He has a cat. <laughs> yeah, Oscar. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't use a litter but,
2: box. I mean, it was it was unreal because I don't know that I've ever been so helpless and so fortunate at the
0: same time as I was during this accident.
1: That's amazing. That's it's a, a, they're amazing. I mean, yeah, you know, Brad lives in
0: a really interesting, I won't tell you exactly where it is, but a interesting little uh, a side street in Salt Lake that's kind of a little community of, what, is there about five or six houses there? Or? Well, it's two duplexes and then a house up front. It's an old polygamy compound. There's just two duplexes there. Two duplexes yeah. in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's like
1: when you had, I, I had, I have no interest in seeing your scars from your back surgery your knee surgery or. No interest in seeing you. Don't. That. And if you needed this bandage change, I, th- well, I would help you into the car and I take you somewhere. But I'm not. <laughs> well, I'm not doing it. My, my, my well, I have
0: a wife who who's wonderful, and you know, I went through all of that surgical shit that I had to go through, and and she changed my dressings and did all of that.
2: You
1: know. Well, that's good because I'm so, sure as hell. wasn't No,
0: doing nobody's going to ask you to. Good. Okay, Christ. Would you? I'm just trying to <laughs> okay. demonstrate how Would much ab-
1: how much better your neighbors are as people than me.
2: Well, it's hard. Like I, well, I couldn't even do it myself. I could not do it myself. I mean, I have hands. I'm capable psychologically. I couldn't look at it physically and tactically. If the nerves are so scrambled in my leg when I touch it, it doesn't feel the same as when I feel it. But there's two different messages going yeah. to my head. Interesting.
0: So, Joe. Um, this must have been exceptionally hard on him.
2: Yeah. Did I tell you this? I don't know if I told you or maybe I was talking to someone else earlier today. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I didn't tell you, did I? I, You know, I have all this time to reflect. You know, I think about a lot of stuff. And uh, I called Joe the other day, and I was just thinking, uh, I was like, Joe, you know, of all the people I know, that could have run me over.
0: <laughs> and there's a lot of people who want to,
2: and I, and I know a lot of people. Yeah, I go. I'm so glad it was you. Like I'm so glad it was you that ran me over. And he said, "Well, why the hell? Why the hell are you glad it was me that run you over, boy?"
0: <laughs> that's, that's exactly what he <laughs> sounds like.
2: And I said, "Well, you. I mean, I know you love me, but you you've been by my by my side on my couch. You've been by my side at the hospital. You have." called me on the phone you have taken the time to talk to me about stuff i mean he would come over to my house while i was convalescing and it didn't matter who was hanging out there he would sit there and hang out and then when it was time for him to go he would make everybody stand up in the room and hold hands and say a prayer and then he would tell me every day how the people in his church were praying for me and how they would ask about me and and do all this stuff and uh I told him that, and he said, well, goddamn, boy, I didn't need to run over you to teach you all this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, again, it's like I do believe that something is happening for a reason. Like I don't know, I don't, and I know I'm not being punished. I feel like I'm being set up or sent somewhere to do something. I don't totally know,
0: but I, I know there's something I'm supposed to do. I think it's, um, you know, if I'm not a religious person at all. And I, but I, I, I first, of, first of all, I just really like the fact that there's a, that there can be a religious person, uh, who like Joe, very religious guy who prays and can say, "God damn boy," yeah, <laughs> he's very real. I mean, yeah. he's like a street preacher almost in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. But is he doing? He's doing okay because I, I would think he would have been pretty shook up by this whole thing too. He was very shook up. I think he's doing okay. I mean, I was worried about his neck
2: for a while because I can still see his head whipping mm-hmm. from when he, you know, it was whiplash. He had to have had whiplash from mm-hmm. when he hit me. And uh, I talked to him the other day and I asked him if he would come to group with me. He's like, oh, I don't know about that. I said, like, I think you need to come because I don't think these people are they're starting to wonder if you're real you know or or how you actually exist or I do talk all this about stuff. you so much in yeah. the group therapy that I just need to prove you're real Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Has he come, he hasn't come yet. He said he would come. He said anything you want me to do, you tell me. He's like you've never steered me wrong either Brad. So anytime you've told me I needed to do something, I've done it. So
0: we have that kind of relationship. Now you uh, as it says here,
1: let's let's um, yeah. let's pause. For we a need to take a break?
0: Yeah. Okay. We're a burrito with Bad Brad Wheeler, but we're taking a break. <laughs> hello hello okay? hello yeah I can hear fine uh back uh, ba- so uh, there's a was there a musical interlude there perhaps no we just we just yeah I'll, we just I'll stopped edit. just keep going okay. I'll just edit it together all right
2: well I can give you some Joe music
0: yeah we ought to put a little Joe McQueen music in this
1: okay. I have some Joe from his album that's what we'll do that was a little Joe McQueen music while I changed the batteries in the recorder.
0: Yeah, there we go. there we go. I see. I like leaving in all that shit. You know, the I like leaving in the. No, we got to take a break. Oh, uh, well, well, we took a we we sort of stopped the recording there because the batteries were going out and we changed it. I, it's fine. It's the truth. Yeah, just just leave it all in, warts and all. Because huh. uh, like it
1: it's less work I have to do later.
0: So I was about to say. Uh, Bad Brad Wheeler is one of the most respected and beloved members of our community. I was going to say it again here in this slug magazine. i like a
2: baby kisser, don't I?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, how did the uh, how did the radio community you you have a a lot of fans overwhelmed uh, me? Yeah. How what? How did that talk about that a little?
2: Well. It, at one point, I had one bad moment where I had one person who decided to show up drunk and stoned and just walk right into the burn unit, and they were going to sit down and hang out with me. Really? Which was really a uncomfortable day. It was the first day using a bedpan, first day having another man wipe my butt for the first time. <laughs> oh, you get used to that. I, you know, I've done very well in radio, and I hire a guy to do that. <laughs> it was just a little traumatic. I wasn't used to it. The nurse kept saying, "I've been trained for this." I go, "But I haven't." <laughs> you know. Yeah. What I mean? yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just told that guy I needed some time and space. He had to leave my room. But there were there's a lot of outpouring. I mean, the, a lot of people contributed to a, a GoFundMe thing. Um, you know. I, like we said about being in the emergency room, the mm-hmm. amount of people that were taking care of me that listened to the radio that would come in all the time and say, Hey, we got to get you back together and on the radio. We need you. This is you help us to do our job because we decompress when you're doing your job, you know? It felt weird. It felt in some ways they were kind of trying to push me out of there a little bit. Like, we got to get him back to speed. But no. it's been overwhelming. It's been crazy, you know. At the same time, it's been hard. It was really hard to go back to work that first day and tell everybody what happened. I mean, I don't want to – it's hard. I get emotional, you know. I don't know if people want to sit around and listen to a guy named Bad Brad cry on the radio. <laughs> you know, I don't want to drag him through, Well, the, know, name, the name Bad, is, <laughs> it's kind of ironic really, isn't it? soon it? to be sad, Brad Wheeler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to change it to sad Brad Wheeler. It's <laughs> old sad Brad Wheeler,
2: he weeping eyes Wheeler. <laughs> um, but I know that I think that's part of why I have recovered the way I have. I mean, there are so many people thinking of me and praying for me and encouraging me and trying to help me. I know that has a lot to do with it. I know that has a lot to do with it.
0: You, you know, you say you haven't. Um, it, you, you feel that this happened for a purpose. Uh, but you don't know what that purpose really is yet. But I think it seems to me that it's changed your lives. In in a certain, can, can you put your finger on the ways that it?
2: There are some things I don't care about anymore. There's some things, things that were stressing me out or upsetting me, or you know, just stupid stuff. Like, am I making enough money? Like, I just don't really, I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. No. And. Um, I feel, yeah. There's some days, often where I just I'll be sitting around and I'll just burst into tears, and I just realize how lucky I am to have my leg and to have my life. And it's 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 a wonderful feeling. I wish I didn't cry. I feel like it scares people <laughs> when they see me <laughs> crying, weeping eyes, were. But it's a it's an amazing feeling mm-hmm. to know. You're alive. And then you realize, too, that all we have is each other. I mean, all we have are these, like Joe says, nobody's going to heaven with a U-Haul. Nobody's taking and And when I was laying there thinking I was going to die, I didn't think about my guitars and my harmonicas. I mean, all I cared about, did Joe know that I loved him? Did Joe, did I know that Joe loved me? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's all that really mattered. Like, it's all that really mattered.
0: Is it? Have you picked up your music again? And has it done anything?
2: Been playing a little bit of music. Has it
0: done any? I, I don't know. Do you write much music? Or- no,
2: I'm mostly just a side guy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I like with my harmonica, my lap steel, a side guy. I took my harmonica to the burn unit because some days it was hard during bandage changes. I would do uh, <laughs> I would do uh, interpretive harmonica. <laughs> Sometimes if it was a tender spot, I would play, like, sirens or fast or, you know, or if it was a nice thing, I would play a nice melody. Um, I am going to go teach 80 kids in the burn unit, from the burn unit, in August how to play harmonica. I'm looking forward to doing that. And I have thought about maybe, like, doing that part-time at the hospital, maybe in a year or so. Like, doing harmonica therapy. They have so many crazy therapies. I'm sure, as you know. Yeah. I remember the first time they said, do you want to have some dog therapy? And I was like, oh, Christ, are you serious? Like, am I one of those people that need dog therapy? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I just just thought, yeah, whatever. Then they brought Maisie into the room, and by God, Maisie just climbed up on the bed and started licking on my face. And sure enough, I did need dog therapy. I wanted Maisie to stay with me.
0: There was a... um a kangaroo are you kidding me in our building the other day and it, a, a baby kangaroo and it was brought down to the to the station to the studio by one of our salespeople who has a friend up at the va hospital where they use therapy animals and this va this this baby kangaroo is a therapy animal and i told my wife about it and she said Oh yeah, I have a friend who has a mother in a old folks home or something like that. And they they there's a ba- they have a baby kangaroo that goes they have a, a baby, baby kangaroo. they have a baby Shetland pony too. Really? That goes to the rooms yeah. as well. A baby, you know, a baby <laughs> kangaroo. Therapy what the hell? Shetland? A therapy Shetland. But it was so but the baby kangaroo brought they they she brought it into the studio and I swear to god every single person in the building had to come and look at the that this animal and hold it, and have it nuzzle them and lick them and yeah. It it uh, they work wonders. Distractions are powerful tools in hospitals.
2: Yeah, very powerful, better than drugs. Yeah. Really, yeah, uh, yeah. Then I had some people come in. I had, I felt bad. I did a switcheroo on the music therapy people. So they had some young girl come in, play a song for me and. Mm-hmm. I, t- I told her, oh, I can't imagine that was easy. Like, I'm an audience of one. I could tell she had to come in and size me up and figure out what song mm-hmm. she was going to play for me. And she's like, wow, you know all this stuff. How what do you know she, all this what stuff? What she play? She, some song she wrote that she yeah, wrote okay. herself, you know? She's uh, with guitar or what? Guitar, singer-songwriter. Did she sing? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, how do you know all this stuff? And I said, well, I'm a musician as well, you know? Yeah. And then I pulled out my harmonica and I closed my eyes and I played Amazing Grace. <laughs> <laughs> and, then I, and then they were all just crying <laughs> they were just and I, I told them thank you I told them I hope that it I could pay them back for what they did for me
0: uh, so so music uh, you've, you've picked it up again you're doing uh, with it and have you got uh, I know you play with a couple of bands and I got,
2: the first night I went to go play with Joe was emotional I mean it, you start to feel like you're getting your life back mm-hmm. you know things that you haven't done that you do every day. I don't think I had played a gig in 60 or 60 days at that time or gotten up on, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. something I do two or three times a week, you know, and it it was emotional. It's weird. You didn't know if you were going to cry, you know. Mm -hmm. For a while there, I felt like I had to wear a lot of sunglasses going out in public because I just didn't know (laughs) when the eyes were going to start weeping. Weeping eyes, Wheeler.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We better stop saying that (laughs) because people will start calling you that. You know, it's... A person who has more than one nickname, yeah, that's pretty cool. I was going to say I could live with it. Yeah. I could add another nickname. Yeah, yeah, having two or three nicknames that just means you're cooler yeah. or aliases. Yeah, yeah. Bad Brad. <laughs> you, t- you already have two, don't you? Bad Brad and the Reverend. And The Reverend, yeah. Yeah, so, so. yeah, we could do uh, Sad Brad and Weep and I. <laughs> Ooh, weep. I love that Weep and I. <laughs> uh, do you have any idea what, what uh, do you what anything that's next? I mean, for
2: me, yeah, just still trying to heal. I got to wear this compression sock twenty-three hours a day for a year. I, th- I go to those group. are fun, aren't they? They're different. They're I'm getting, all
0: really hard to get on and off.
2: They're. It's amazing how they size them to the exact size of your leg. You know, where they measure every mm. inch up your leg. Mm. Yeah, they are hard to get on and off. And mine is kind of weird because it comes up and then it goes across my. Waste. It's like a hand solo thing. Hmm. I don't know what it is, but it's it's unusual. Yeah,
0: they're they're. I hate I, I hated them. I've had them when I've had knee surgery. I
2: feel like someone's got their hand on my ass all the time. They're kind just of cupping, cupping you? my butt, like, yeah, a little bit. Like, <laughs> hey, Oop. that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. It <laughs> feels like I'm always supposed to be <laughs> yeah. getting up. Yeah, hey. <laughs> <Hey. laughs>
0: don't want you to be seated too long.
2: Uh, I got really emotional riding my bike to work. Like, and I thought I was gonna be really cool about that too. you know, mm-hmm. the first day I got in there, I was holding it together, and uh, the girl at the front desk is like, "Oh my God, you rode your bike and then I just <laughs> I lost it, you know things are starting to get normal like i'm not not everything is like oh, you remember when you used to do that mm-hmm. or you remember how you used to I, a lot of my life has come back. get emotional going to the dentist the other day just thinking about <laughs> how many years I've been going there and how lucky I am to be able to go another year, you know.
0: What, uh, has it changed uh, anything about the way you do music on the radio, you think? Probably a lot less songs about fire. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the crazy world of Arthur Brown is yeah,
2: off the playlist. There's a lot of burn songs I think I think Disco about now. Disco Inferno like, is out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I did do a couple shows where I thought about songs while I was in the hospital and mm-hmm. thinking about songs between me and the listeners. Um yeah yeah I don't know if it's like every day. I mean maybe it is subconsciously every day cuz every day I'm dealing with this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh affect
1: your mood and how you feel. Will will there be um lifelong thing challenge? I mean you're going to be back to 100. You're riding your bike already. Riding my bike. Like skiing? What do you, I mean what are you going to stuff you can't do that you did? Do you know yet? I haven't gotten in a hot
2: tub yet. You know, obviously. <laughs> Were you anything? a big hot tubber? <laughs> no, I really wasn't, but anything it just might take a little while before mm-hmm. I can submerge in water or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. Right. It's still healing quite a bit, but um, I should be able to have a pretty normal life. Yeah, actually. No I limb be able to, even? Or- well, it's up to me, I guess, how much I want to walk and work my leg out, you know what I mean? Right now, I get up after sitting for a while. The scar tissue is always contracting, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I have to get up and...
0: Stretch, Stretch it, it and open Stretch it up. Stretch the scar. Do they do any of that? When I had the big, you know, knee surgery in there, I had a big scar in there, and they would put this suction cup on my scar to, and, and to just help re- just work it the hell out of to break all that collagen down. I just
2: learned about a thing they do wow. with scars called releasing. Have you ever heard of that? There releasing? Was, yeah. There were some patients who had some burns at the at the center where they had to go in and cut their scars to open oh. the scars yeah.
0: up. Because everything got so... Tight. Tight that they couldn't move their head the right way yeah. or their arm the right way. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Yeah. So.
2: I do want to be involved with the burn unit. I don't know. I want to do stuff with the burn unit. I
0: how much schooling do you have?
2: Got my degree in anthropology, archaeology, oh, and art. That's
0: right. So maybe you'll go back to medical school.
2: I don't know
0: it's, cr- it's only You'd, two years yeah. once you got your degree i guess to get uh get to go work in a i mean you wouldn't be a doctor but you could CN, go work is, is that a what met, they call it yeah certified nurse assistant or a yeah. technician of some kind yeah what the hell not
2: or just maybe a guy that goes around and teaches people harmonic in the hospital you know like yeah. that, i did have like a crazy moment too with that priest did i tell you about that priest no i never told you about that no I still, I'm still wondering if that guy was touched by an angel character or not. But uh, he told me the reason why I, I got my, I was able. Well, I'm sitting in the hospital room by myself. You know, all of a sudden I look over to the doorway, Dylan, and there's a, a priest, a black priest. You know, and because I've gone to Catholic high school, automatically certain things kick in (laughs) inside me. You know what I mean? So I look at him, and I can tell he's sizing me up. So I go, hello father. So then he knows that I know that he's Catholic, you know. So he's like We've we've established he's dominant, I'm subversive. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Submission. <laughs> yeah. So then I wasn't expecting this, but in a thick, 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 thick African accent, he's like, Tell me, son, why are you in the hospital? And I was like, What is going on? Like mm-hmm. I've never had an African Catholic priest before, you know. So he comes over. And I'm like, well, I was helping my friend Joe McQueen, the senior citizen, you know, he's 97, and I was helping him park this car, and he accidentally mm-hmm. backed up into me and smashed my leg, you know, and this guy isn't just any guy, he's like a super friend of mine, you know, when I was younger, he encouraged me to like, start doing stuff for other people, got me teaching people to play harmonica, and it's always made me try to take inventory of myself, you know, and... He's ninety-seven and African American. I'm white, and I'm forty-four. You know, and you could see all the stuff going through the priest said, you know, and and then uh, <laughs> this one messes me up. He uh, he said, "Son, God thinks about you when you think about other people." And he said, "That's why you have your leg. That's why you have your leg." And then that's like what I told Joe, too. I was like, you know, Joe, like, I don't really know that I am this great of a person that everybody thinks I am. Like, I know I do good stuff, but like I said, a lot, a lot of it's just like you feel guilty. Like, shit, somebody's got to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But now it's different. But now it's now it's different. I don't know how to explain it, but life is different. And i feel the, really lucky just to be sitting here with
0: you. And in a good way.
2: Yeah, I feel blessed. Yeah. I feel so... I am the luckiest guy I know. I won the neighbor lottery. Mm. I won the hospital lottery. I, I Even down to the guy that hit me. I mean, how much luckier could I get than that?
0: You get free burritos. You get free burritos. Sweeto burrito. <laughs> Shit, man. You, you're living large. I'm very, very lucky. Yeah. Um, I want to just... One other thing I want to uh, let you talk about, have you talk about. Uh, some t- people will hear this and it will be uh, passed, but... Uh, this will post pretty soon, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah Sunday. Uh, nice. Pie and beer. Pie and beer day. It's a it's a it's a promo a fundraiser for your radio station and. Uh, gen- I think it
2: might be the nation's largest assemblage of pie and beer. Gen-
0: <laughs> generally, generally, <laughs> um, our, my management doesn't like us doing stuff like that. Of you know, but I don't give a shit. Pie and beer day at Beer Bar. Yes, good, good friends of ours at Beer Bar. We 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 love those folks, uh, and it's on the twenty fourth of July Sunday. Sunday right?
2: from five to nine. Mm-hmm. Have sixteen different breweries and sixteen different bakeries with paired pie and beer,
0: and it's uh, twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. Oh. We have enough servings for
2: a thousand people to get five slices of pie and five sips, of five cups of beer.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's fundraiser, and, um, and these I, aren't
2: just like these aren't Smith's pies. They're not Marie Calendar pies. They're pies from like Copper Onion, from Finca, from Carlucci's. Like these are some of the best pies you mm-hmm. can find in the community. Stein Erickson's going to send some pies down from the lodge. Like uh, I'm really looking forward to it. This oh, when is I your came over, event, Dad. Yeah, this, One...
1: this guy uh, is on the American Pie Council. I am.
0: Are you really? I'm a member of the American Pie Council. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I tried it. I try I don't try to. I don't like people to know about it. But I have a certificate. It says um, Bill Allred, official member of American Pie Council, uh, which is in uh, celebration, Florida. centennial. What's the the Disney town? Um,
1: Celebration,
0: celebration Florida they yeah. have a uh, pie of the month
2: calendars or something or oh, what are they? yeah <laughs> they, they do <laughs> it's photos but, of
0: sexy pies but you, you know out. how you get to be a member of the American Pie mm. Council oh. you, you, you you go to their website and, <laughs> and you <laughs> and you and you print off the certificate and then you're a member well right? like becoming a yeah. internet priest it's yeah. pretty much <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep it's about the same. Uh, and I don't think, even think I had to pay anything for it. Well, I feel like we should invite you to Pie and Beer Day oh, well, I'm and have come. you be the official representative or something. Of the American Pie. I'll bring my certificate <laughs> just to prove it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get a put. I've, I forget where. I think it's hanging on my desk somewhere. I
1: think it's framed. I think you framed
0: it. No, I didn't. Fr- I'll get it framed and I'll come and I'll just I'll carry it around. Hi, hi Bill Alred. Put it on a gold
2: cup. chain on your chest. <laughs> it's this big. Eat your pie just. off of it. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is a plate. Uh, So you can just buy
0: tickets when you get there? Yeah, it's first come, first serve. First come, first serve, beer bar, 5 to 8. 5 to 9. 5 to 9 on the 24th Twenty fourth of July, Sunday, which is, uh, for some folks is Pioneer Day, but for the people in the know, it's Pie and Beer Beer Day. Day. Bad Brad. I love you. Love you, man. Love you, Dylan. Always a pleasure. Um,
2: Always good to see you guys.
0: KRCL. uh, Next time you do, uh, just think about it today when you're doing a little bit louder now. Try and make it a little bit louder. A little bit louder now? (laughs) Just just start off at the beginning of the show quieter. Just a little bit louder. Well, I think people will be able to
2: reference it when they hear the podcast. (laughs) They'll know. that was the day they talked. Okay.
0: All right. There you go. All right. Just for you, I will. That's it. Uh, The Let's Go Eat Show. Thanks to uh, uh, Sweeto Burrito. Uh, We're going to talk with the owner of Sweeto Burrito, uh, J.P. J.P. We sat with a bad Brad Wheeler at Sweeto Burrito, the location in Riverdale, 1140 West Riverdale Road, and we had a, a great conversation and, and eight great burritos. Brad is still eating one right now. Is that the breakfast one still?
2: Yeah. I had to eat the other half. It was so good. Oh, you, so you're eating the so, whole one? It's so good. I can't stop eating it. That's, yeah. It's, it's really good. Yeah. I don't know what is that ranch sauce or what it is. Well,
0: what the is? the owner is, is with us and founder of sweet ho burrito. Uh, JP Francia?
3: Francia, yes.
0: Uh, J- is the, do the initials JP yes.
3: Jean-Pierre John, so, John, Jean-Pierre Francia. Jean-Pierre Francia. That's yeah. What a
0: classy name.
3: I find that guys call me JP and ladies seem to like to say Jean-Pierre, so I, it kind of <laughs> is about half and half. That's
0: a, isn't, that's a classy damn name, I'm telling you.
3: My dad wanted Juan Pedro my mom wanted Jean-Paul, <laughs> and they settled on Jean-Pierre.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh,
3: so, uh, JP, uh, I had a chance to talk to
0: you a little bit about sweet, Burrito uh, just Really briefly, last week I think it was, when you stopped by the studio, but now we're sitting in the restaurant. And I won't get the whole story again. Uh, This is the third location?
3: This is the second restaurant in Utah, plus we have two trucks. One in Utah County has been there two years and done incredibly well. The store in Orem has been there a little over a year and done incredibly well. And then we have our original food trailer that we started in North Dakota with is in Logan. And then we have stores in Washington State and Virginia, and we have three more coming in Utah. You you started in where did you say North Dakota? It's quite a story.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Now you you were uh, you went and sold burritos to uh, coal or um, oil workers. Yeah, roughneck
3: in, in North Dakota, and it was kind of a desperation move. The economy was bad, and had pretty much kicked me in the teeth. My background's marketing mm-hmm. and children's media. And by 2011, I was kind of in rough shape, and I didn't know what to do. And my nephew said, J.P., you make great food. Come to North Dakota, feed oil workers.
0: Where where were you doing your marketing and stuff? Here? So I
3: had an agency in Salt Lake Mm -hmm. from 2004 until 2008. Mm -hmm. And then I also did a children's show in 2007 called Andy's Airplanes. And uh, it was going to be huge. And I had the former head of Warner Brothers as a partner, the former head of BBC Kids as an executive producer, and the former head of Disney TV as my production manager. And the economy crashed, and I spent three years trying to finish raising the money for that show.
0: It was going to be a TV show?
3: Yeah, it's a TV show. We had France 1, Espanya 2, ZDF in Germany, uh, BBC. They were all on board. We had a toy deal uh, lining up. The economy crashed, and we just got stuck um, on third base. Mm-hmm. I tried for three years to raise the rest of the money for that, and I really put my family mm-hmm. in a tough spot.
0: So so things go really south for you financially. Bad. Bad. Uh I, I mean, I just think that's an incredible story that you just don't let it kill you. You don't let it get you down. You say, "Okay, food truck," and South and North Dakota.
3: I didn't even say it. My nephew said it, and I told him it was the worst idea I'd ever heard. <laughs> but some family and friends thought, "You know what, JP? You make great food. Just go do it."
0: You always been the family cook? Or? Yeah,
3: pretty well, much. I've, since I got married twenty almost two years ago, I've pretty much cooked for our whole extended family every Thanksgiving, and people just come to my house and eat. I've I've been cooking for myself since I was in the third grade. My parents both worked and was a latchkey kid and made food for the neighborhood before we go out and play soccer in San Diego uh, after school.
0: Uh, Mexican food? Uh, Everything. Kind of, did you always kind well, of gravitate toward Mexican food? Tortillas.
3: I mean, and that kind of – we chose the luchador theme because luchador wrestling has no rules. And for me, the tortilla has no rules. If you look at sweet Burrito, we're not like normal restaurants. I mean, we do have a sweet pork and a steak and a chicken, although I have my own kind of marinades and sauces. But that's where the similarities end because we got – what you're eating right now is a buffalo chicken and tater tot burrito. We make a smoked chicken, bacon, onion ring burrito. We make a French fry, you know, bacon cheese burger with French fries burrito. We have all sorts wow. of crazy things. So, I mean, we're very different. And I wanted – honestly, the reason I wanted to be different was because these truckers were eating out of gas stations in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. And they were so tired of that food. They we were had,
0: eating like hot – those just crappy hot dogs on the rollers. Seriously. And, yeah. and I
3: didn't want them to get tired of sweeto. So I wanted to have enough variety – And all the sauces in the burrito. So, when these guys were driving these big dangerous trucks, they weren't trying to rip and zip and put sauces on the burrito. That's why the sauce is always inside. And I created something that was much bigger than I thought. I mean, when we first got to North Dakota, I I thought I'd made the worst mistake of my life because it was freezing cold. You can't even believe what it's like trying to roll out there in a food truck while it was a big trailer and then a camper with your little brother and a buddy. And spend 16 hours a day trying and, to make And would you it leave work. your family behind to do it? Yeah, they all stayed in our house, and in, we were living in Idaho at that time, mm. and it was hard, rough. Hard. I'd go home every three or four weeks, and pretty much every time I'd leave, I'd go home for three or four days just to get a little family mm-hmm. time. And I'd leave, and well, maybe it's an overshare. But I'd cry mm. every time I left because going to North Dakota in the winter was like negative 30 Serving burritos out of a trailer. How but many kids do you have? I have four. Four. I met
0: your daughter. She's just a beautiful She's young woman. She's a great girl. Beautiful young woman. Yeah, Savannah's and Savannah's uh, awesome. And uh, uh, my guess is she, she she takes after your wife, so must have been really hard to leave.
3: was. Yeah, yeah I have a beautiful, wonderful wife, just my mm. best friend, four great kids. One of them was one at the time, mm. so it was rough. And I, you know, the only thing that made it worthwhile was the response we got from those guys from our food. People literally freaked out. Within mm. two weeks... Every CB in the Bakken Oil Range was talking about that red trailer in Alexander, North Dakota. And then. Is that,
0: so, is that up close to the Canadian border? Yeah, so yeah.
3: Williston's right up close. Yeah. And I get
0: it's pretty ugly up there, isn't it? It's
3: brutal. You can't yeah. imagine what it's like being in there in January. Negative mm-hmm. 30, 40, wind blowing, mm-hmm. hoping your camper you're sleeping doesn't blow over in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, it's stressful. Yeah. But it worked, and the guys love the food, and I mean, we, we did well. But then something interesting happened we were the highway we were on in alexander was closing for three weeks in that first summer in july end of july august and we were going to be out of business for a few weeks because it's a big trailer it's not like you just roll it somewhere and start operating like a regular food truck Mm -hmm. so we know what to do and it just so happened to coincide with the Sturgis motorcycle rally of 2012 (laughs) and so i rolled down there and found a spot and it was expensive and i didn't know if we could afford to do it if it was a mistake but we just decided to roll again, roll the dice, and had to
0: rent a spot to park the trailer. I mean,
3: it cost us almost fifteen grand just to roll down there and start, not Jeez. including our food. And mm-hmm. you know, we didn't really have fifteen thousand dollars to to risk, but mm-hmm. so we did it. And I initially I thought it was a terrible mistake again. It kind of started slow, and then bam, it was. A few people stopped, and they told everybody. And by the end of that rally, we were the favorite food vendor in the city of Sturgis, which is why the Travel Channel came, and did that big story on us, which has run hundreds and hundreds of times. Mm. And just generated so much interest all across the country, which is why we have stores in here and several states.
0: Where does the name Sweeto Burrito come from?
3: Well, I'm kind of a marketing guy, and I, I knew I was going to be burrito. So, I just, and I love alliteration. I mean, my TV or my children's show was called Andy's Airplanes, <laughs> and I was just kind of going with the alliteration thing. And I started researching names I could get trademark on, and Sweeto Burrito is like you know the second one I came you know that I thought mm-hmm. of and thought you know what, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love it. And what was interesting is like at Sturgis. Our first couple of days there, guys walking down the street, they'd never seen our brand, never, and they're like, hands in the air, sweet old burrito, yeah! <laughs> and I'm like, you know, this brand just resonates with people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, so,
0: so you so you make enough money to start opening some stores, and
3: well, people came to me at the end of Sturgis and wanted to start buying franchises, and I was like, well, we got something bigger than a food truck in North Dakota. I mean, this food is really resonating. Mm-hmm. So we stayed in North Dakota for three more months. And then moved back to Idaho Falls, where we were all living, you know, our families were, and that's where the real test happened. Would people come? Because we didn't want to spend another winter in North Dakota; just couldn't handle it. Yeah. Would people come and eat at our food truck on the corner in Idaho Falls with a bunch of I mean, there's a Chick-fil-A block away, a Costa Vita, a Burger King, a Wendy's. Everything was right there. Sure. And we were having $1,800 days in December in, in Idaho Falls. People came; they loved it. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't believe how many beautiful ladies in escalades were taking down one of our buff chicks in the in the parking lot
0: buff the buff chick is one of the uh, burritos here yeah. it's a uh, buffalo I was, I was, chicken yeah i was thinking it was some kind of wrestling match going on there for a second but
3: <laughs> yeah but they just i mean, and then grandma's coming for a sweeto burrito every day and kids from the high school and it was such a bigger broader brand than i ever thought i didn't set out to make something that was going to be stores all over the country so we started making some money from franchises and then money just started coming our way a lot of offers and private equity firms are you know hunting us down now and it's just kind of growing so the, the other surprising thing about story. that
0: Idaho Falls story is that there are a lot of escalades in Idaho Falls yes but <laughs> that's kind of surprising uh, so so what do you think uh, talk about the talk about the food the menu uh, a little more specifically and the stuff that you do and what makes it different and and, and some of your favorites
3: yeah well, what makes it different, honestly, is is uh, my sauces and marinades. So when we cook everything yeah. in the store every day, we make our sweet pork. And it's a very different sweet pork. It's really good. It's really good. It has a lot more going on in it than you know, some other people mm-hmm. that make a sweet pork. We really take pride in our, our it's, proteins. It's
0: really uh, uh, tender and not, I mean, sweet, uh, the way you do the sweet pork. And, I mean, it is kind of stringy, but uh-huh. it doesn't come out stringy. You yeah. know what I mean? It, yeah. It's very nice.
3: And really, that's a great recipe. What makes yeah. us different? Besides the fact that we really take care in our sauces and marinades all of our meat gets vacuum marinated so literally in a vacuum tumbler we draw it down to 12 to 18 inches of vacuum pressure and it makes it tender our steak our marinated mm-hmm. steak is a traditional bagogi marinade vacuum marinated and charbroiled it's excellent steak mm-hmm. I'm just really proud of the, the, what we do with our meats and our sauces but we do a lot of different things you know we put crunchy things in burritos I've been making I've been making crazy things since I was a kid in tortillas mm-hmm. Um and that's really why I kind of went with the luchador theme because there's no rules. Yeah, I, didn't I like any that. Rules with our tortilla.
0: Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that that was so, sort of the luchador credo is that no rules wrestling, just it's, no rules, no holes barred, just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and the crunchy stuff like when you put the tater tots in the breakfast uh, burrito and the onion rings on the other one, and that that's a great great addition.
3: So people, you know, we, in our food truck in in Utah County, which was, I think is the number one food truck in Utah County, even still, it does incredibly well. We have a huge fall in Utah County, and now we're starting to grow it here. Um, What we didn't carry a long time, uh, all the salads and tacos and rice bowls in the truck. Now that we have that, we really have a very diverse menu. So I'm starting to see a lot of bodybuilders loving our rice bowls because they're very clean, Mm -hmm. very healthy, and really flavorful so we kind of both ends of the spectrum we got the healthy with the salads and the, our street tacos and then we have the crazy over-the-top stuff i mean we will truly own the fact that we have some party burritos and we have some great over-the-top flavors and uh one other thing too is we have two sizes so we have a mid-weight burrito which is three quarters of a pound and a heavyweight which is usually 20 to 22 ounces that's a <laughs> and, lot of food which kind of positions us on both sides of most of our competitors you know they're in the seven eight dollar range nine dollar range for mm-hmm. that one burrito and we like to be on both sides of that. Mm-hmm. It just kind of worked out that way. It wasn't really planned, but it's worked out well. You have a
0: great time, uh, too, I know. Uh, I can just tell you, you enjoy the uh, aspect of naming things and and coming up with names for the for the various items and putting them on the menu right? Carney
3: assassin yeah the Carney
0: assassin yeah <laughs> me and my
3: little brother matt who, who's an agency guy too we we had a blast creating all this stuff mm-hmm. but when you said i have fun i have fun in the store too because i love food i love serving people my pla- favorite place in the restaurant besides you being in the back before we open is right out here delivering the food talking to people oh, i've seen you doing sure it, love today. it yeah and that's yeah. where i want to be so what's the future what do you think so we have more coming in Utah. Sweeto uh, Burritos. More, more sweet Burritos coming. We have one in Spokane right now with three under construction in Spokane. Mm. We have one in Virginia with two under construction there. Uh, and then we have three under construction here or on the way here in Utah in addition to our first two.
0: Now, would these all be franchises? Or these you, are all corporate stores. They're corporate stores. Utah
3: are corporate stores. Okay. Washington and Virginia are franchisees, mm. and they're really good guys that we trust to do it the right way. Yeah. The scary thing about franchising is you never know if somebody's going to take the time to make it the way I want it. The only reason oh, sure. we survived in North Dakota uh, is because we care. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Something I want people to know is you come into Sweet o and you get something um, and you don't like it, get something else. Come right and say, hey, I, I didn't like this. We don't have that very often, but I want people to know if you come in and stay, keep it safe and you want to get a sweet pork burrito and you think, oh, mm-hmm. that was good, but I wonder what else. Tell me. I mm-hmm. want you to know we have so much variety here. You will never get tired of this place.
0: Yeah, it's uh, interesting. I'm, I didn't realize uh, the bowls. I'm looking at those. Can you do something like I say? See, I like white. Uh, I like brown rice, yep. and I like beans. But I want to go light on the rice yeah. because I really I want the protein of the beans. I don't want a lot of carbo- carbohydrates. So can I just you know go light. You, can you sort of custom it that way? You, you can say totally to the pro- customize it. We yeah. were
3: actually talking a couple of days ago uh, with some vegetarian people. They're like, you don't have very many vegetarian options. Well. Actually, we have a lot of yummy stuff that can be vegetarian. I want people to know they can come literally create whatever they want. Brown rice, black beans, lettuce, pico de gallo, salsa, yeah. uh, our coleslaw. We have a lot of things you can put on it.
0: Customize it. Just Customize do it yourself. It. Say, could I do this and this and this and this? And they'll say, sure.
3: And the answer is yes. Okay.
0: It's Sweeto Burrito, uh, J.P. Francia. Yes. Uh, Juan Pedro. <laughs> I like Juan Pedro, too. Juan That's, Pedro. Juan Pedro's
3: good. Um, I look a little Caucasian, even though I have a Spanish dad for... Your hold, dad is go.
0: your dad is. He's from Chile. He's from Chile. Is it yeah. Pedro, the, from,
2: the one from Barbarossa? <laughs> the Willie Nelson's in the family. And I think not Pedro. I've been watching a lot of movies in the hospital. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's
0: a sweeto burrito. Look for them uh, around. There's uh, the store here in uh, Riverdale, 1140 Riverdale Road,
3: right across from Best Buy.
0: Yeah. So next to it, is there a Starbucks right there? There's a Starbucks there? right on the yeah. other end of this plaza. Yeah. And uh, uh, then the food truck in uh, uh, Provo, there's a, there's a restaurant in Orem, and then more restaurants to come.
3: Yeah, and we have a food trailer in, in Logan, and we're working on actually looking at a location in Logan, too. Okay.
2: You have one in Salt Lake now? Uh,
3: we have one that's probably going to open in Draper, I'd say 60 to 90 days. And then uh, we have one, the old malt shop in Provo, outside BYU. That's being torn down. That'll be a sweeto, mm. you know, early early winter. Yeah. And then was th-
0: just You're just onward and upward.
3: It's fun. I, it, you know, what a story. I didn't ever expect this. A desperation move. is kind of turning out better than I could have ever imagined. Congratulations. I will say this. I'm really grateful for our customers because we have a very passionate following of people. And the only reason it, it, it works is because they tell their friends. I mean, with a new brand, newer brand, you just don't have the kind of marketing money to go out and saturate the airways. And,
0: and uh, yeah, it's hard. And and there's just so much. There's just so much noise, yeah. uh, uh, you know, around food and fast food and other kinds of. There's just a lot of noise, and it's hard to make yourself heard above that. And, yeah. Yeah. So I think you, you, you've done well, and it. I see nothing but great for the future. Thank you. Thanks a lot for talking with us. You bet.
3: Thanks for being here, guys.
0: That's it. Uh, Special edition of the uh, little food edition of the Let's Go Eat Show at Sweeto Burrito. We're in Riverdale, 1140 Riverdale Road. Uh, Yeah, that's it. And uh, we'll be back with more some other time. But in the meantime, I want to thank you for your time this time. Until next time, I'm Bill Allred. And remember, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double.